that beard, boys. Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ebers, and on today's episode, we are hanging out with my buddy Austin Oberhaus, a.k.a. the Turkey Slayer, and uh, Travis, I'm sorry, you didn't get to introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm co-host Travis Owen, by the way. Uh, Hi, guys. <laughs> we're going to have a fun podcast today, I think, a uh, little bit less business, more fun in the back type thing, and uh, a couple beers, and we're talking turkeys because, for instance, you know, Austin, he got me into turkey hunting. And uh, he helped me get my first bird, and he he usually slays them every year, and he, he's been going out of state the last couple of years and, and knocking some down. So I think that he's probably got some gold nuggets in here, but we're going to have fun with it too. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy, and uh, we'll get right into it. All right, guys, we're rolling, and uh, you guys just can't be serious for one minute. I tell, tell the kids to, to be quiet and let the intro music play and we've got giggles over here and oh yeah just... travis is trying to break the silence <laughs> right right i hear dead silence and the first thing i do is try to make everybody laugh because that's the easiest time to do it i feel like everybody's had those moments you know back in school whenever the teachers everything's serious and you and your buddy are just looking at each other like just trying not trying there's to no way you can't not uh, laugh. Yeah, travis is that dude <laughs> <laughs> I, I would get people in trouble all the time because I can hold it in, and most people can't. <laughs> well, uh, I guess, you know, Austin, welcome to the 573 Podcast. You Thank were you. on our first episode when we hammered out that one, and yeah. hey, look where we're first at First three, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you co-hosted a little bit, and, uh, you know, now you're a guest and ready to get some gold nuggets for you, but... Uh, you sent me a message before you got here. You got your mount back? Yeah. Yep. Just got the 2020 deer mount back from gun season. Yeah, that was a pretty cool mount. It's on a pedestal and uh, yep. got a little bit of uh, grass. Is that from the yeah. cabin? No, that uh, grass? That grass isn't. I gave the guy some of it from there, but he didn't end up using it. Um, I don't really know why, but uh, it still had, I mean, it looked. the stuff he had looked the same. Well, it looks good, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, it and looks very nice. So. I just got a text message from my taxidermist saying that mine's done too. So, man, there's just a – I think spring is an overrated time of the year, you know? I mean, you you've mean got – underrated? Oh, yeah, I don't know how to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> underrated. Yeah, this is all overrated. I hate spring. <laughs> oh. Screw turkey hunting, I mean. Yeah, yeah. we're Great weather. Different. Underrated, underrated. Yeah. So, the reason why I said that is because, like you said, turkey hunting in the spring, you got shed hunting, mushroom hunting, and hey, we're getting our deer back from the fall. So, I mean, yeah. there's a lot to look forward to in the spring. I don't think people take advantage of it enough. Right. Hey, I'm alive in the spring. I know, man, and the sun's out, you know, feeling good. It was a little cold today, but... Yeah, we're supposed to have, like, uh, tomorrow, I think it's supposed to get down to 27 just for that day, and then I think it's supposed to warm back up, so... Yeah, we got a freeze warning tonight. Yeah, That's... freeze warning. So, which actually might be a good thing. I mean, might yeah. kill some invasives and stuff. Yep, hopefully it kills some ticks and mosquitoes. And yeah, make, the, the ticks for sure. Makes the turkeys, like, hang out for a second. <laughs> like, chill. <laughs> you said you saw something pretty cool on your way here. Yeah, I actually seen a couple couple times hanging out in the field and i went by and ended up turning 
turning around and uh, when I went back I could see him a lot better and there was about 10 hens with him. I rolled the window down when I went by and just kind of called at him a little bit. They gobbled and just Oh man, that get you fired up. Yeah, just get you I'm uh, ready to go. A few right short now. days and we'll be we'll be headed to Oklahoma. <laughs> yep. And get us yep. a few That's gobblers right. hopefully. Get us yeah. a sooner gobbler. That's right. A sooner. <laughs> sooner. So sooner than Missouri. Yeah. You know. <laughs> No doubt about it. I hope we do get one, you know. Yeah, Otherwise, too. we're going to be coming back without a story to tell. Yeah. yeah. But I, th- uh, I think we'll get into something. No doubt. No doubt. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you heard the last podcast with Matt, but he says them reels are just – he put the pressure on us, really, because yeah. he said they're yeah, I, a little I bit mean, easier to call to, he feels like. That, I killed a Rio in Kansas last year, and so, you know, I mean – 24 hours didn't i mean yeah you were on your way home yeah Yeah, it wasn't very long (laughs) you literally (laughs) drove out there i drove straight from work that night i got there at five in the morning met up with uh, a buddy that travis hooked me up with and uh we rolled out from there and we got on got on a group of birds in the morning they were gobbling pretty good which he said pretty much like matt um, Matt was saying that they they hammer on the roost, you know, for you know as long as they're in the tree, and then they fly down. They're kind of mm-hmm. tight-lipped, but that's because they ro- they all roost and dang near the same tree, if not you know just a group that's close because there's just not a lot out, not a, not a lot available for them to you know roost in. So and so you hammered one down that morning and was headed home that afternoon and uh you know i i gave you the nickname turkey slayer and i don't know do you you guys have been in the you guys been in the know with the turkey industry for a lot longer than i have is there anybody out there with the nickname turkey slayer Uh, anybody famous not that i'm aware of no cool well then there it is folks austin Mm -hmm. oberhouse turkey slayer all right (laughs) hey Trademark that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, speaking of famous folks, you know, Austin, who who is uh, who's some guys that you looked up to growing up turkey hunting? Uh, Yeah, who's some guys that? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, puberty was late for me, Travis. (laughs) I'm still going through. Well, I mean. Definitely used to watch a lot of the old Primo's movies and a lot of the old Drury movies, um, Longbeard Madness, the, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I guess, you know, starting out, it was more Will Primo's, Mark Drury and stuff. And uh, honestly, a couple local guys too, like, Matt, I looked up to him quite a bit. He's he's the one that introduced me. And you're talking about Matt Jackson, yeah, the, Matt the one Jackson. we had on the last podcast. Yeah, last podcast. So he introduced cool. me to cool. turkey hunting. So you know, I looked up to him a lot. And uh, Travis's dad, also Howard, he he played a big part in getting me started. And I actually killed my second bird ever with him. Uh, but. So, no, that's a hell of a list there. And, uh, Travis, what about you? Anybody that, I mean, obviously your dad, you, you've always, you've always mentioned that he's a big, 
um, guy that you looked up to turkey hunting, but anybody famous that you really kind of enjoy to watch? I can't really, you know, I can't really say that I had any body like, you know, that was famous. I just grew up doing it and my dad did it. My brothers did it. And, uh, and really, I mean, so I was actually homeschooled till like the sixth grade. So, you know, it was in the springtime, you know, me and me and dad were turkey hunting, you know, and then after high school, I just, you know, I got into it and I went with some friends, but I didn't really, you know, Dusty and, and you, Austin, yeah. you guys went a lot, but oh yeah, we went every chance we could. And I went, you know, with a couple of my classmates a couple of times. And then I went with JP, um, a cup, you know, quite a bit in yeah. high school, but, and I actually, I, you know, I called in his first bird and that was my first bird that I ever called in by myself. He shot it, but like really i mean i didn't have anybody like famous you know i didn't really think there was i didn't know about you know famous uh turkey yeah, hunters I mean, and whatnot turkey hunters yeah i mean stuff. honestly you know what got me started is just hearing stories from buddies at school about hunting and then i wanted to hunt so i started to you know get, look into it a look bit into more. it more and started hunting and yeah matt Matt got me into turkey hunting, and I was just, like, hooked. I don't know. It was just something yeah. something about it. Just I I wanted to come back, you know. I wanted to go again. And Well, I mean, you know, I was kind of dragging feet there for a while, Austin. You know that. And, you know, I was introduced. Yeah, I tried. I mean, <laughs> you know, I got about one day a year for about four years straight before he Fine. finally was like, all yeah. right, let's 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 give this a real try see what happens and then lo and behold i got hooked too yep and and it's that's that's what it is it seems like there's actually i mean there's always more and more hunters all the time which is great but it seems like whenever i was you know in high school and stuff like there really wasn't that many guys you know there's older guys that turkey hunted but really nobody my age or younger no and i mean me and dusty and Matt Rakers, Matt Rakers, Andrew Rakers, Andrew. I mean, there was, you know, Jonathan. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd like Lots to get him on a pick. His definitely, brain. you know, looked up to Chad too. Obviously, he. I killed my first longbeard with him. So. Yeah, yep. And uh, that cabin, man, that that was a place to oh, yeah. to kill some turkeys. Yeah, it was. I uh, kill all kinds of game. You know, I I was saying I mean, you had your first deer taken from there yep yes i did yeah two my first two deer actually yeah but uh you know like i was saying i i grew up in the deer hunting scene but i did go turkey hunting at a young age one time yeah not uh, i mean a lot around here everybody almost everybody deer hunts but not very many turkey hunts let's keep it that way (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you know no i mean if no, you we teach love people, more turkey hunting. You know, you teach people to love it, love the, love the hunt, love the animal. They take care of the resource better. Right. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. So, you know, I wanted to get you on and and pick your brain a little bit, yeah. and talk about your style of hunting. How how would you describe your style of turkey hunting? Um, very versatile. I mean, I'm not. I don't have one strategy or 
anything I stick to, I I just try to get it done. I mean, whatever that takes, I'm going to do it. If that's sitting on a bird, you know, for multiple hours because I know he's going to be in this area, you know, this time, or if that's, uh, you know, people call it running and gunning, going out and trying to find one, getting in the truck, driving till you see one, crawling, call them, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Yep. So uh, versatile, but aggressive yeah. at the same time, but you're, you're patient as well, you yeah. know? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I can, I can have some patience if I, if I have some intel that I know the bird is doing this, <laughs> you know, certain thing going to a certain area at a certain time or, you know, uh, just something like that. Some, some type of intel or if I, you know, maybe I hear him gobble and get in tight with them and put some time on them. But. Well, I mean, what are you doing right now? You know, I know that the season is in what? Like two, two or three weeks. Yeah. What What are you doing right now to help your chances of killing a turkey um, this year? Honestly, I'm putting a lot of a lot of miles on the truck. I'm just I'm driving around. I'm I'm looking in uh, areas that I've seen birds at a lot in the past, and just checking up on spots. I'm also listening. I'm I'm always trying to listen you know in the morning or afternoon trying to hear you know what's going on and uh if it's still Mm -hmm. holding true a lot of the spots are still holding true or you know um it always pays dividends to you know sit there and listen and try and figure out where he's flying down what direction if it's you know a certain direction every morning or you know whatever then you got that jump on them. And it you is know. important, like you said, to go check old spots because I have had years where I went back to a spot that produced year after year after year, and then all of a sudden you go there one year and sometimes there's just not birds around, and for whatever yeah. reason it is, maybe they migrated, maybe there's a different food source or... Yeah, a, something, <clears throat> habitat change. Right, something, right, something happened to the root, major roost tree or something like that, and, and you don't even know about it. It's, it could be something totally no. minor. You show up there opening day, yes. and you're like, there ain't no turkeys here. Yeah, or, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, we don't have time for that. The no. lightning just, you know, lightning struck the one dead huge tree here. That everybody was roosting in. That everybody was roosting in, and now they moved off my farm. You know, it can be just as little as that. I, I know a guy that actually had that happen to him on his farm, and he didn't know why, um, and actually me and Austin were sitting there having the conversation, Dylan. Yeah. Uh, we were sitting there having that conversation with him and, and he's like, so we don't know why, but we used to have a ton of birds and now we have no birds. And Austin's like, well, um, did you have a bunch of trees cleared or anything major change? He's like, well, I mean, we did have one big roost tree that got struck by lightning and we we're like, Oh yeah. That, that's they must've all yeah. been roosting in the tree <laughs> that night. <laughs> right. Yeah. No well, kidding. I mean, a little you shock. take away, <laughs> You take away habitat and, you know, the birds, they got to have a certain, you know, amount of things. And if they don't have it, they're not going to be there. Point blank. And And you want them there in the spring. Yeah. I mean, you want them there all all year if you can. all year if you can. Especially in the spring. Those spots are, man, that's dynamite. But, yeah. 
you know, I mean, it's uh, own, I feel like anything, a bigger piece to kind anything of to improve kind of... the turkey habitat in general. But like, you know, like Matt said on the previous podcast, are we talking winter flock turkeys? We talking spring birds? You know, right? It's it changes. Well, we're so. talking spring birds because that's the ones we're going to go kill. Oh, you know, right? Yeah, I know we're talking spring now, but I'm just you know I'm talking about habitat and. Sure. No. And, uh, you know, I just had some TSI done on my 17 acres. I am pumped to see what that will do, if it will change how the turkeys react on my property, if they're going to spend more time on it. I'm hoping that they do. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And uh, I've heard, you know, I've heard that you have more success burning. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm, I'm curious to see what the TSI will do as yeah, far as I yeah, I think that goes. Me too. I mean, I think that's going to You're definitely gonna really get open up the... Yeah, that's you know how you definitely it makes me feel about yeah. that. <laughs> I think you're gonna open up the Calm down, Stephen. Calm down. <laughs> still spring. It's still spring. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by the small property enhancements and things like that. Yeah, I mean because as we all know, it ain't easy to kill turkeys on small properties. You, no, it's nice to have a few big chunks to go after them on. I'm oh, on that's like right. A, yeah, I I live on like a 200 acre farm right now where I'm renting. And, uh, dude, it's just overgrown with honeysuckle. And a couple days last week, I cut all day. And I only cut, like, maybe five acres of honeysuckle. But it was dense. And mm. I'm just excited yeah, to see what little Five bit acres is. is a lot more than most people realize. You know, that's, yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's a lot of cutting. Dude, I, it took me two days. <laughs> 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 I, I I cleared a fence line, and I had, like, every... 50 yards i just had another stack of brush and then we came by with a skid loader and picked it up and burn it but it was like it was a project and i'm kind of excited to see if it changes anything yeah or not i mean i'm sure it will but without burning i can't i don't have permission to burn it so i'm afraid the honeysuckle is just gonna come right back but we'll see yeah burning's very effective when you when you can do it that's I'm hearing hearing more and more of that too. So, you know, obviously this year was one step in the right direction, and hopefully next year I can maybe implement a burn out there. And yeah, that right. would be awesome. Woo. Yeah. We used to do that That'd at the fun. cabin. Yeah, we chat a lot. I didn't know that actually. You guys burned a lot out there. Yeah, we we did probably. You guys do any TSI out there? No, we never did did any uh, TSI, but we did. I don't know, like five or six burns. How big, average-wise? Um, you know, probably like 10 acres. Okay, ten ac- about 10 that's acres. That's actually, that's a pretty good burn for, like, he just... I think he was, what, that was a 40-acre piece? <clears throat> yeah. For, oh, well, yeah. then that's yeah. a great burn. I Just yeah. in general, I mean, they say if you can break it up into tinier pieces to burn each year and yeah. change it. We, we burnt the whole place one year because we had... The way it's set up, I mean, we did it right. Um, there was a creek, a creek on the, um, be on the south side of the property, and you know, that was our fire stop or fire break. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, we just did that one year to r- try and thicken everything up, and it worked really well. Like that, that center ridge the main bedding area on the property it just got thicker and thicker every year i mean and did you ever find any mushrooms 
Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, when we started doing the burns there, um, after that first time we burnt the whole property, we started finding mushrooms every year. After That's that. cool. That's interesting, actually. In a certain in a certain area, right, right down by the creek, and I mean. Have you, any of you? I guys don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe they were there before, and we didn't know. But I, it, it is supposed to, it, you know, you know, greatly enhance the chances of mushrooms yeah. actually popping. Huh. So I, I mean, I would, uh, I would bet that. I mean, obviously the spores were there before, but I bet you it, it had it, it uh, made them pop. Yeah, could have. Have you guys looked at this year at all for any? No, but I know no, somebody. No, I haven't yet. I mean, it, I've, yeah, I I figured they a few of them popped in some areas, but. I know somebody found one today that was just, I mean, it was the size of a dime. But right, yeah. Did he anything, leave it or keep it? Uh, I think. I mean, I don't know. They probably let it grow. That's, that's I, what I, I would assume. do. If, it, if I had complete well, control the thing over is, it, came out on it. Really, if you found something today, you might as well pick it. Well, yeah, gonna it get, is going to freeze. So. It's gonna get. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, anything that that's what kind of sucks because we got this coming on, this little freeze warning, but it's supposed to be hopped up back to like 80 by next week and 70 that's when it's really 70 by sunday so yeah. it yeah it's it's fixing to they're fixing to be here but uh, i've got a oh what's that speaking of after the podcast remind me to talk about mushrooms and uh i might have some spots we can go check i i, I checked my my golden spot Yes. Mm. Yeah, folks, you're not going to get the information. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll help you out a lot. I'm not giving you GPS coordinates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no luck there on that though. But I'm, I'm hoping to keep checking that spot. You know, obviously we're going to be gone for a week, so hopefully nobody nabs any up. Or well, just send me the GPS coordinates. Oh, I'll go in there and check for you. <laughs> I bet you'd like that. I bet you'd like that. So Austin, you know, I know that you know you hunt a lot of public ground, yeah, and. Uh, you know, you've been doing it for years, and you're pretty successful at killing turkeys on public ground. Yeah. How do you combat the pressure? Does the pressure change how you hunt or enhance how you hunt? It definitely changes how I hunt. I mean, I hunt off of the pressure. Uh, you know, obviously, I try to um, get away from the pressure from people, but sometimes it's um, I use that to my advantage you know and if i can but do you find that uh when you get away from the people that you see the turkeys more or is it just that they're not uh, busting up your hunt yeah definitely you're you're for sure gonna be in more turkeys um but you know at the same time somebody's probably hearing that bird if he's really going off so yeah that was my next question is is that you know are you 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 hunt so many different public grounds all over and uh you know have you ever found a place where you're you're seeing or hearing turkeys every year no and nobody's not been there no there's probably no such thing (laughs) (laughs) i mean somebody i don't know somebody knows about it but if you're there when they're not there, then 
what's it matter? You. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. And, you know, it takes a lot more than just knowing where they're at to kill a bird, obviously. So, I, you know, I, I'm just curious if, uh, you know, since you'd been basically doing it so long that if you'd found any golden spots that you're just like, ah, you know, nobody comes out here and harasses. I've got this little piece to myself, but... That's yeah. probably really hard to do with turkeys because they're making noise, you know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, every I'm not saying that same. those that doesn't exist, but they're going to change probably year to year. Or, you know, I mean, it just, a lot of things are going to affect that, you know, one thing being hunting pressure. If, you know, one spot might be really trampled one year and then the next, there's not a lot of people there. Okay. You know, right. so. Travis, you I look mean, like you really had something on your tongue. We, no, no, no. Uh, it, another thing I need to tell you guys after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I know about this public spot. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So, you know, you I know that you, you also have been recently picking up hunting out of state. Yeah. Um, how, how have you noticed? I know you've had some pretty good luck out of state, too. But how have you noticed or how could you compare that to hunting in Missouri? Um. I mean, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. <laughs> it's just, it's well, any 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 new terrain is just always good to get into. You know, you've been hunting Missouri or waiting for Missouri to open, and you want to get out there and hunt. So, you know, there's a there's a lot of states that open before Missouri, and a lot of states that go a lot longer than missouri is there anything that uh sticks out to you in missouri you know that when you're looking at other states you're just like ah you know this separates it you know i I like hunting missouri a lot more because of i like i mean missouri's my favorite because it's my home state i mean i gotta nostalgic yeah when missouri's when missouri season is open you know i'm gonna be hunting but um at the same time, uh, whenever it's time to move on, I'm moving on. So, And that's what we're going to be doing, at least before the season starts. But, man, I've been seeing a lot of guys going out to Nebraska early season and yeah. slaying them with their bows. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something we need to do in the future for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really game for that. That is Nebraska, or they have a bow season, I guess? Yeah, they – Like, go ahead. You probably um, know it more than I do. Nebraska and Kansas have okay. a – Archery season. Archery right. season that starts before the firearm season. The fire, the firearm season in Kansas and Nebraska and, you know, I mean, Missouri only has a firearm season or you in, know, whatever yeah. you want to use. Yeah. Which – and Kansas and Nebraska, it's the same way. You know, when it's when it becomes firearm, you can still use a bow. But anyway, they have both of those states have archery seasons that open in March. So, you know, they're a little earlier, and they're both of their seasons actually go till um, the end of May. May thirty first is the last day. On That's both. a long season. Yeah. But I mean, they got a lot of birds. So. Yeah, they we'll be a, we'll be you know getting the leftovers in in the late season, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, you know, hunting out of state. If you're there opening day, it's, you know, you got to deal with pressure, but you got, there's still those easy birds in there. 
Right. Or easier ones. I, I like easy birds. You know? Yeah. I don't know if any of them are easy, but just the, you know, I went to maybe go. the group of two-year-olds or whatever. I mean, you got a better – They're fr- everything is fresh, you know. So, Tell you're you going what, in there. But late Colorado, season. Colorado, over the counter. Yeah. Third week of season. Those birds are not easy. Let me tell you. Oh no! Well, well that's <laughs> bird that's in a almost, mountain is not easy. You could imagine it could be almost anywhere. You know, once once you get to that like peak part of the season where everybody is hitting it hard, you know that's that's when it's really tough anywhere. I mean, early and late. You know, that's my idea. So right. you uh, you know you. Obviously, we've been hunting Missouri. We're talking about Missouri. We live in Missouri, so <laughs> we like to keep it on the Missouri subject sometimes. Yeah. Um, what is your strategy to hunting turkeys in Missouri? You know, since we have a we have to close it down at one o'clock. Is there anything that you're doing differently that you would do? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What um, is it that you're doing? One thing is like I'm just say you roost a bird. You know, um, go in there in the morning and get whooped he goes on to the neighbors um you can't pursue him anymore and he's with his hens you know who knows when he's going to lose them uh uh, specifically if it's a small piece of ground that you're on you know that was your shot he's they're out of there for now you know, you could sit there and play your cards, and he's going to come back through eventually, but is it going to be in legal shooting time? Right. Sure. You know, something like that. I'm getting in the truck, and I'm going to a different spot, and I'm going to take a route that puts me within a link of other places that I can hunt, and I'm going to try and put eyes on something or put my ears on something and I'm going to try and find that one that is ready to, you know, ready to go. But um, at the same time, uh, if you have a bigger piece of property to hunt and you're on them tight, they fly down doing their thing, you know, seem like they're going the other way, I'm probably going to try and pursue him and just slowly inch my way towards them you know trying to listen or strike a gobble out of them and stay with them because a lot of the times if you've got the room to you know stick with them especially during missouri season it seems like you know eight nine o'clock some of those hens are moving off going to nest and eventually the few that are sticking around are gonna want to dip off too and uh, when they do, he's going to be ready. So if you can stick with them, you know, that's that's always a good good thing to do. Yeah, but, and I mean, how don't, ma- how don't ma- leave turkeys to find turkeys unless, you know, he's where you can't get to him. And how many times have you been whooped in the morning and you're driving around, you know, to your next spot or whatever around 9 o'clock and pal, you see a group of Toms or Jakes or something strutting out in a field on their own. I mean, yeah, it happens, nine, it happens a lot. Nine, ten, eleven. It happens o'clock. a lot. That's yeah. why I'm in the truck. If, <laughs> right. if I don't have room to work, you know, I'm 
I'm getting out of there. But if I had intel that, you know, oh, you know, I'm on a small piece of property, he's whatever on the fence, flies down, but I've got a camera or I've seen him back in the area at such and such time, you know, I might sit there and stick it out on him. But, you know, I got to have I got to have something that, you know, I know he's doing consistently to do that. Otherwise, I'm I'm trying to make ground. So you in in a way, and I'm not saying this for every bird, but I'm saying it as a generalized statement. Would you say that sometimes these toms are actually going into these same areas at the same times every day? Yeah, I mean they have a routine. Okay. Even if it's even if it's a satellite bird, you know, most of the time he's got some type of routine if he's in a uh, you know known roost area that you know he likes to roost in if they if it's a scenario like that then absolutely i mean of course weird things happen maybe they roost in somewhere that they don't normally do well you know who knows what he's going to do when he wakes up but i mean yeah i find that they definitely have a pattern and birds will do that year after year too and, sometimes. and you hear them shut up and you think that they're just totally gone into the next county but really they're they're not very far they're just you know not gobbling they're they're moving to the next spot or they're preening or you know who knows preening yeah that's explain that a little bit yeah when turkeys preen say he's wet from the night before rained on him flies down and he's going to go somewhere into the sunlight, into the breeze, if it's a nice day the next day, obviously. And he's going to, you know, air out and uh, clean himself. You know, he's combing his hair, so to speak. Well, wow. did, did you know that, Travis? I mean, no, I'm a newbie. No, I just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything. I, I was just like, oh, hey, there's a bird in the field. Let's shoot it. <laughs> oh, he looks like he's cleaning himself. Right. <laughs> Man, he sure is wet. <laughs> no, Austin knows more facts and information about turkeys than probably anybody I know. I know. It's just trying to dissect you're, you're like, it from his brain. That's you're like with me with ducks. Yeah, I'm like, one with the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be anyway. I just, yeah, I love it. So, yeah. any other uh, any other strategies you have to help folks improve their odds of getting a bird before one p.m. Besides, uh, just do your homework, scout. You gotta you gotta get out there and listen to birds, and uh, that would that would be the main thing if you could get out there and listen. But, you know, listen and try and take note of what they're doing and what, you know, where they're going when they fly down and things like that. Not just, oh, I heard a bird roosted here, you know. I mean, that's still a lead, but, I mean, anything to improve your odds, you know, if you can get any type of a game plan on what they're doing that's you know you're another step ahead of the game so out of curiosity say that there's no pressure on the area would you find that a bird that you're hearing right now roosting is a is a likely chance that there will be a bird 
roosting in that area come turkey season. Absolutely. As, I mean, this time of year, it's it's on. They're you know hens are being bred right now, and you know it's they're doing their thing. It's not. I don't know. I don't want to say it's it's still early in the breeding cycle or whatever you want to call it, but um, you know they're they're definitely uh, sticking with the hens and you know waiting for that time to to breed in in the day whenever it's going to be so uh yeah right now they are day by day getting closer to their spring range i mean they're going to be where where the hens are obviously but you know the gobblers are and the hens you know they're waking up every day and they scrap a little bit every day and you know the dominant ones or the pecking order is being established so well um i think it's time to take a pause in the action and grab a beer yeah sounds good all right we're back and uh it probably didn't seem like we went anywhere because that's the beauty of podcasting right but uh we were talking turkeys but i want to switch it up just a second and uh introduce the uh what mdc just came out with and that was the uh black bear season they've got coming up have you guys heard about that yeah sure have man that's pretty cool i haven't got time to read into it so i'm totally well well, uninformed i i did a little bit of research on it and i don't think you find out i don't think you can bait or uh can you use dogs or hunt in any part of our area no No. um so yeah you basically have to find their den i guess I <laughs> go know. in there steal their babies and then yeah fight them hand well to you're hand, i mean man. you're strictly you know just sitting on them deer hunting them okay yeah. so i did read up a little bit on it not a, i guess about the uh the hunting methods but i did read that you know they're going to get out about 400 permits yeah but Dang. there's going to be a daily quota mm-hmm. yep or you know there's going to be a, a season, a season quota. quota. Yeah, not a daily. A season quota of like, I think 20, isn't it? Once it gets like. Was it 20? I, mean, that, I think it was. If 10% of the guys fill their tags, it's, I mean. That, well, there's a number. I think, I'm not positive. I thought it was 20, but. Because they're, they're probably not number. expecting. They're, they're probably expecting like a low, very low success rate. So they're probably. Why don't we? Gonna give out it. like you know. I, I want. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, I wonder if it's gonna be like I know Colorado. Whenever they have they have unit um, quotas, mm-hmm. and you have to call in every day, and then yeah, if you same deal here, you okay. have to call every day, and if, and if when the when the quota's been filled, seasons it, out, it's over. I wonder if they're gonna have that like Colorado because Col- Colorado, if you like call that morning. I'm just gonna tell you now, it's not the quota is not very high. Right, right. I mean, but if let's say it's twenty bears, and on the you know last day, you know the seventeenth day of season or whatever, there's not seventeen days in the season. Oh, there's probably six. October eighteenth through the twenty seventh is the season oh, okay. length, and then uh, it says for certain zones, there's three zones. You get a quota of two hundred issued with a harvest quote of twenty beer beers bears you know what's on my mind right <laughs> and then uh 
the second zone is a quote of 150 issued with a harvest quote of 15 bears. Okay, and so 10%. Third, there's actually a third zone. And uh, it's 50 issued with five bears. Yeah, so 10% uh, kill. Okay. Uh, Colorado, the, the um, mountain lion deal is just like that. And I, I'm really curious if this is the same because they, like, if you call on, let's say, the third day of season and there's one more mountain lion left, well, obviously nobody has, you know, service on the mountain on the side of a mountain. So you go out and you kill a cougar and somebody else kills a cougar. Well, they, they take that out of the next year's kill numbers. So if it was a 20 to begin with next year's is going to be 19. Okay. Yeah. Now I guess, you know, me being a novice when it comes to bears, I hear a lot about spring seasons. So what do you think the reasoning is behind having a fall season instead of a spring well they're in the fall or winter you know they're going into hibernation big bears healthy bears so in the spring they're just coming out of hibernation everything is coming to life again greening up you know um there's more food available and they're getting up and eating preparing for the next hibernation so maybe it's just you know, it has something to do with the the lack of food maybe as an advantage, I guess, in the fall. Or or them that they're roaming to go find food well in the fall. They're they're headed towards their hibernation range wherever the you know, wherever that may be. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a and, bear hunter. Yeah, but we're speaking I, way well, I mean, out of I our, mean, they, our range. <laughs> I'm sure they they probably look a lot healthier. I mean, who would want to shoot, you know, Nobody wants to tan a, a summer hide, you know. I guess the downside would be maybe some bears would already be on hibernation maybe by a certain mm. point. Or, I mean, I it's not like they all just, okay, roll call. <laughs> all right, guys, bed. it is 8 o'clock hey, on Tuesday. Yeah, Let's go to sleep. <laughs> it's December 3rd. We got to go to bed. Right. Well, all right, since we don't know anything about this. Yeah, skip over it. Yeah, How about we'll, that, Stephen? We'll, <laughs> yeah, cut that out. No, we'll, we'll just, uh, you know. No, leave it. People need you know, to know we're dumb. We, we don't did. listen to everything we say. <laughs> yeah. Hey, these guys have no idea what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> they're pretty about. good at turkeys, but they have no idea what they're talking about on bears. Hey, they might right. not even think we're good at turkeys. <laughs> well, We've never had a bear season, so. Yeah, literally. <laughs> we're newbies. But, you know, we I've never about even it. seen a bear in the wild, ever. Oh, I have. Dude. Whenever I was in Colorado, yeah, I could imagine. Dude, I had uh, I had a bear and a cub. Well, at fifty yards, and I say that like that's my crazier story. But I, whenever I was elk, oh yeah, you're gonna, t- yeah, whenever I was elk hunting, crazy in New Mexico. Uh, what was it? Last year, I think. Yeah, I think it was last year, or maybe it was the year before. Anyways, I went two years in a row, and I can't remember what years they were. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm bow hunting elk first season archery in new mexico and me and my wife just called in a bull i it was the second day of season and i didn't want to shoot him because there was bigger bulls around and i should have just shot him but anyways we sat over this water hole because it was the middle of the day and i was like well you know they're not really talking right now we'll just find a water source and kind of hang out so she lost a contact out of her eye and so she's sitting there just like half asleep and I'm sitting there, and I texted my buddy something, and I reached out to my right at, to try to get service. And 
I see it out of the corner of my eye. There's something sniffing my ear. And I, was, I at first I thought it was a coyote, right? I was like, you know, because being from Missouri, that's the only thing it could be with a snout like that. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, man, I had a little nine millimeter just in case like mountain lions because I don't know. I don't know anything about them and I didn't know if they'd kill me or not. Anyways, so I reached down. Likely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I reached down, grabbed my nine millimeter and pull it out of my waistband and start turning. And then I realized that this is a definite bear cub. And I was like, well, if the bear cub's three inches from my face, mama bear probably isn't very far, you know? Oh, and yeah. I stand up, turn around, and they're at like three Jeez. steps. There's this. 150 pound freaking which is small but still it's a bear and it's three steps from me just showing its teeth growling and i was just like i just started yelling you know yeah, hey bear. very small yeah i was just like hey bear hey bear hey bear and the the cub just i mean as soon as i stood up just pew, straight up the mountain Back to mama. and i was just like and my wife that's her biggest fear is bears so that's like the worst thing to come in contact with especially when she can't see all she could see is that there was a black object and like three feet away and i was yelling hey bear so it was probably terrifying for her (laughs) (laughs) but i just start yelling and it shoots up this mountain and it it, the mama bear just turned around and ran like i don't know maybe 50 yards and then turned around and showed me her teeth one more time and realized that you know i wasn't chasing her and then she kept on going (laughs) <laughs> we should get back onto the turkeys before uh, before we go too far down the rabbit hole there. Yeah. You know, Austin, we got you on to talk a little bit about your turkey tactics. Um, yeah. What aggressive turkey tactics do you utilize to get yourself in a position to get in, in range? Um, either, I mean, we can I can paint you a, a scenario if you'd like me to, or um, if you just want to try to go off the cuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if that bird is very vocal and there's some type of obstacle in between me and him um and he's just gobbling and letting me know where he's at i'm gonna take advantage of that um however the terrain lays i mean that's what that's the move i'm gonna make but yeah if you have some type of other scenario or okay so what if uh you know, you had a bird, it was it was vocal, and terrain's flat, and it's in a wooded area. I mean, how are you going to approach that? Are you going to set up right where you're at if you feel like he's too close, or are you going to uh, you're gonna try to get a little bit tighter? Um, I mean, if it's, if it's very open, um, and I have, I mean, do I have any knowledge prior to what he's doing or is this just like a on the fly type of thing like on the fly you just stumbled into him okay well i mean ideally i'm probably not going to be able to get as close as i would like to i'm going to use the terrain to my advantage and get as close as i can so i mean that might be what about calling? Are you going to be utilizing? That could be 200 yards. That could be 300, 400 yards. You know, I'm going to get as close as I can, but I'm not going to push. I'm not going to push the issue. I'm going to, I'm going to get to where I'm comfortable. Like 
he can't see me, but I'm not gonna press anymore. Okay. I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna okay. let him do his thing, see where he's going, and once he flies down, well, he does his thing. I'm gonna. What about if he's already on the ground? Okay, he's already on the ground. Um, this scenario is just I'm making it up as we go. Yeah, you know. Yeah, if he's already on the ground, then um, I got some kind of you know, idea of where he's at, obviously. Um, I'm, if he is, uh, depending on his mood, you know, I might sit there and call at him a little bit. Um, if I know he's got hens or something like that, and I just feel like he's going to go the other way. Um, I might sit there and let him go the other way, but when it's my time to move, I'm going to, get up and try and get in front of him okay. for sure every time. How far out do you feel like you would get away from the bird before you – I mean, would you just well, go depends. to the parking lot it, drive? The, the terrain – I mean, that the terrain – Dictates that. Dictates every okay. aspect of that. I mean, it's – you know, if maybe you got to go 200 yards, maybe you got to go all the way, sneak back to the truck and drive around – and come in a different, you know, parking area or, you know, whatever, and, you know, move on them from, from that way. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Okay. And uh, so when you do call to to these, this situation, mm-hmm. how are you, how are you gonna call? Are you? Well, it it just it depends on his mood. I mean, if he is, uh, if he's just. How are you going to find out what his mood is? Well, I mean, listening to his gobble. I mean, you're when you you're having a conversation with him. So, I mean, if he is just absolutely eating everything up that you do or if it's, you know, you can yelp a series, he doesn't do much, you know, cluck a little bit, yelp, he doesn't do much, but when you get real excited, he lets one out. You know, okay, well then I know that I'm thinking he's got all he needs around him. You know, he's letting me know where he's at when I get a little bit excited. But he's just not, you know, cutting everything off. He's not, you know, lonely, so so to speak. Okay. I mean. And yeah, then how that, would you react if, to that if, if you felt that he had what he needed and he was getting excited but he wasn't committing? I'm going to give him some time. I'm going to see what he's going to do. You know, I'm, I'm going to, at that point, I might fire him up a little bit, I might get a little excited, and then I might just shut it down on him. Do you feel like if you had the right terrain, making noise would spook him off? If he um, can't see you. What do you mean by making noise? Like Walk, Getting closer to him. Just, uh, well, I mean, when you're getting closer to him, you know, you got to be sneaky. So you got to be quiet, and you got to not break sticks do anything like are you that. okay with crunching leaves um, i mean that depends on the wind and everything like that oh, yeah, crunching yeah. in the leaves is fine if you can not make it human if you can make it turkey right you that's, know, that's stop making noise without thrashing and making it sound like you know running through the woods or something yeah, yeah. you can't just dive off after them you got to <clears> take <throat> it slow you know at that i call that i mean i'm belly curling <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah but yeah a lot of the creeping time in on them okay You've kind of shared with us about what you do 
prior to the season, how does your strategy change midway through the season whenever things are kind of changing for the turkeys? Yeah. And how how does that how does that change? Um, it changes on um, my scouting. I mean, I'm you know I'm keeping a close eye on hunting pressure and um, you know hunting the areas so i'm listening listening for birds and trying to kill birds so i kind of you know got a grasp of what's going on and um if there's an influx in hunting pressure or you know a decline in hunting pressure those two things right there make a big impact on what i'm going to do next um i mean obviously you know in most scenarios when there's an influx of pressure on an area and then it drops off suddenly, you know, for a number of days, you know, um, I might be back up in there listening and, uh, trying to see what's going on and taking advantage of that, uh, you know, late season when everybody is done, you know, had it either tagged out or, they got whooped enough burnout so you know or you know if it's the opposite and you know i was hunting here in the early part of the season maybe had success or you know had success for somebody else and uh now there's a bunch of people there then i'm moving on uh now you mentioned that you will hunt based off of what the turkeys are doing in that certain area what you're seeing you said hey i'll set it out a few hours hey i'll belly crawl hey i'll call what is your favorite way to hunt what what do you like doing the best Uh, my favorite way would i guess be you know running and gunning just getting one that's hot and ready to go and (laughs) calling calling a lot calling too loud probably calling too much (laughs) but <laughs> <laughs> hey i i don't know i don't know about you travis i don't know about you austin i know a little bit more about you austin as far as when the turkeys go but i love to call and i know that you know you can develop a bad habit of calling too much yeah, but definitely sometimes but, when they're responding it's just hard not to just yeah, talk is. sweet and, to them you know the the whole thing of it is you know don't be repetitive um try and sound like a real hen and learn their cadence learn their rhythms you know, uh, if you just do a couple clucks and yelp five times every right. time you call, you know, your <clears throat> hens don't do that. You know, just act like a hen would. Yeah, I think I, I call less than most people. I know I call less than you, Austin, because we've been hunting together. But I know there's, a, I don't know. It's kind of fifty-fifty. Some people I know. Well, that, and that I mean, don't yeah, call at all. It depends. I'm not gonna not every day. I'm not just <laughs> burning it down. I mean, I'm I'm trying to gauge the turkey every time. Right. You know, I I call when I need to, but those birds that you get that you know just seem suicidal. Yeah. Some on, of them that are are fired up enough. Yeah, you can get them you and can get and, away with a little bit of, you and know. And those are fun to play around with cuz you know and usually you and it's not, know what type yeah, they are. It's not really they come in. I don't know, overcalling, you're just 
maybe prolonging it a little bit. Right. But, yeah. Know. Enhancing the experience, which yeah, I, I just, me and my dad, we always uh, just less was more most of the time. And that's right. It seems I like. I feel like, I mean, that's a. A lot of times. Very good. A soft, a soft yelp, just a. And and that bird might be 150 yards away. Yeah, but he can hear that but a lot. But he can hear it a lot can. better than we can. And sometimes, I, I've done just that. Well, they kill a bird over. Yeah, they pinpoint that. I mean, it's just like rattling to a big buck, or grunting or anything. You know, they know where you're at. They know where that sound came from. But you know, it depends on the terrain and where they're at to what where they're looking. If, if they can't see, they're going to come in and right. try and see, try yeah. and see where that call came from. But if they can stand out there and look down there and see it, you know what happens. You're right. They're, they're not going to stick around. And that's uh, uh, one thing. It, even if you do call a lot, I don't recommend, unless it's like, you know, real windy maybe or, or you know, just a environment where it does take a lot of noise, but... Most of the time, when you think it, it's going to take a loud call to get something stirred up, it really doesn't take that much at all. Like, really soft stuff, in my opinion, seems to work fantastic. It's not near as fun as, no. you know, just getting real excited, getting loud, and getting them fired up like that. But sometimes, if if you are having a hard time, you know, being loud and getting one to come, you know, kill himself, then... <laughs> Just try try being real soft because a lot of the times that seems like it's the ticket and, you know, you might be hunting a bird that everybody else is too, but sometimes when you just ease off a little bit, yeah, that's when they come in. Yeah, I mean, you you got to apply different <clears throat> tactics. Every, every scenario is different. And, right. <clears throat> and read hens. Yeah, you know, if everybody, if you notice everybody in the area is using decoys in a field and something like that, then... It's probably in your best interest to not use a decoy. Right. Try and hunt that bird a different way. Try and pull them in and look to have to look, you know, look for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen to the woods. I mean, <clears throat> whatever you know, whatever it has, whatever you got to do, use the terrain to sneak on them and get close and tight and make them come over for a little head peek, and there's your opportunity right there. So. Well, we're into the fourth episode i believe of our spur of the moment series and you know with these scenarios and these stories and stuff like that you know like you said every every scenario is different for whatever the occasion is i'll tell you right now there's no magic call there's no magic tactic there's no right or you know there is a lot of wrongs yeah there, there, (laughs) there can be some wrongs but there's a lot of ways to skin that cat right yeah absolutely i mean you know it's just everybody is a little bit different and you know to each is to each their own i mean sure and that's that's why we picked a few different people's brains just to see what the differences are and if there's any common denominators right hey people can figure that out by listening and putting it together in their arsenal you know And you're most successful whenever you don't um, bring yourself down to only one hunting style, I think. Absolutely. I totally agree, Travis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Austin, 
Is there anything else that you wanted to cover that we didn't cover? Because I know that we could just keep going and going and going when it comes to turkeys. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I would I'd like to add is uh, say you're calling to a gobbler and he's got he's got some hens with him and uh, there's not really a structural barrier in between you and him to make him not go your way or you know he's just right there on the fringe uh one thing i do is i like to add a little jake yelp in the in the mix of a you know conversation and make him think that oh this there's a jake caulking at a strutting bird over here another thing I don't do a lot, but I still keep with me at all times as a gobble tube. And if I'm in an area that I feel safe, that, you know, I can, it's very visual. I can see around me. I'm in the open, you know, Not say get it, shot. I'm hunting a field bird basically. So <clears throat> I will pull that gobble tube out and I'll use that. And there's been some birds that have been killed from that so it's just a trick up the old sleeve that helps you i mean it just paints that picture that hey there's somebody else over here and especially on those field birds you know they're out they're out away from the tree lines and out on that high point in that field because that's the best point they can see from that's their strut zone and all of a sudden he's hearing another flock of turkeys near him and you know maybe somebody somebody else has moved in and he you know doesn't like that so he might just come on over for a look and that's happened a couple times for you yeah and i mean it 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 gets into you know maybe you got to get close to him it's not like a you know he's every time you shake it yeah it's it yeah it doesn't you know, it it doesn't work every time, but I've definitely had it work and know people that have had it work for them too. I mean, they're when they're gobbling on the roost, you know, they're gobbling for hens to come up to them if they're not already roosted right there. But they're also gobbling to let all the other birds in the area know all the other gobblers that hey I'm good over here, hey I'm good over here, hey I'm good over here. Yeah, I run the show. You know, over I here. run. Yeah, don't come over here because I got it. Right on, right on. Well, Austin, I appreciate you coming on. It was a fun one to to say the least. Uh, we we got a little rowdy at times, but uh, I think I think there's some gold nuggets in here that uh, people can take away from this, and uh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm excited, and hopefully we'll be back on in about a week Yeah, talking about our Oklahoma trip, and hopefully we got something to say, you know? Yeah. I hope so, too. I hope you guys come back with some reels. I hope we got some stories and some dead birds. All right, guys. Well, appreciate you again, Austin, and uh, folks, we'll see you on the next one.